Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. We are glad that you have joined us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Thanks for tuning in, especially our servicemen and women who are out there taking care of us. And, of course, we want to thank our medical personnel here at home who are doing such a great job. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House. We want to remind you that uh, just because you are quarantined doesn't mean you're without caffeine. You've got to keep yourself going. The best way to do that is to head over to Highway 12 and swing through the drive-thru or head downtown to uh, University Drive and uh, hit the walk-up window there and get the, the, uh, the, the specialty drink that you want. They've got so many to choose from. If we listed them all, the show would be four hours long. That is not an exaggeration. <laughs> I wasn't listening. I was tweeting. Actually, I wasn't tweeting. I was reading tweets. I was being Bob. It's the B and B show here. <laughs> on. <laughs> Damn you! Uh, anyway, Strange Brew Coffee House. Don't forget to give them a a, a shout whenever you can. I can I can snooze through the Strange Brew uh, reader mm-hmm. because everyone, Shane included knows that I will be spending my money at Stranger Coffee That's true. So. They're like, we don't really care what he has to say, as long as, he, as, long as we get the money from him. <laughs> and they do. Um, very frequently. I won't say every day, but most every day. Uh, we got uh, our good friends over at College Corner who have devised a money-making scheme like no other. Just right now, you can get a uh, 30% off any gift card purchase. That's 30% off. $30 on 100 you don't have to pay it. Just go to collegecornerstore.com. Search for gift card in the search bar, and that will take care of you right there. 30% off. You can get, I mean, if you're going to spend $200 at Christmas on MSU stuff for your family, here's a way for you to spend $140 on that. That's real saving. And this time, when you're trying to save money, you're making money on this deal, I promise you. And, of course, you're getting to look at the best selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. They've got it all. Please give them a look today at collegecornerstore.com. Okay, could you do this? Listen to could you buy a hundred dollar gift card? Mm-hmm. Only pay seventy bucks for it, right? Then go to your buddy and be like, "Hey, I got this hundred dollar gift card. I don't really need it. I'll sell it to you for ninety. Yeah. And so you sell it to your buddy for ninety. Yeah. So you end up with twenty dollars extra cash in your pocket, and then he ends up with still a deal on a gift card. Everybody a, wins. I mean, I, I guess, but I mean, it's kind of you sort of did your buddy wrong there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be a buddy you don't really like. So it's not really a buddy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's more of an enemy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Hey, you know, I but don't. he still only paid ninety dollars for a hundred dollar gift card. I mean, I so guess, he still comes out to the good. He just yeah. could have been better and didn't know it. Well, hopefully, he listens to our podcast and he, he does know. He's like, hey, I know I can do better than that. I'll buy it for sixty, <laughs> and then and then then we go from there. Yeah. All right. How about we just all buy them from collegecornerstore.com? <laughs> everybody gets one, and everybody gets one. Uh, our good friends at Advantage Business Systems want you to know that in this time, they are here for you and your business needs. Anything they, they can do to help you get your workers set up remotely, get your virtual meetings started, 
They can do that. They have 45 years of experience in the state of Mississippi. They've been working all that time with Mississippi State, with OCH up here in Starkville. They are the definition of buy local and be local. So please give them a call today and see how they can help you out. Call them at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Well, Joel, we're about to talk about how to do things the right way. This was the very first season. No, it wasn't the very first season. The very first bowl season in which uh, the only thing that mattered was maroon. It was the only one, too. Yeah, the only, the, one. the only one. The 2007 Mississippi State football season. What an interesting season for, for two reasons, and I will tell you what they are. One, this team was 7-5 and five in the regular season, right? But they were 4-4 four and four in the conference. They lost a non-conference game to West Virginia, who would end up being at one point in the year the number one team in the nation. If they had not played West Virginia, they would have been an 8-4 and four team. But even with that, at 4-4, four and four, people always like to point out the next year for Ole Miss, right? Ole Miss was 9-4 and four overall, but they were 8-4 and four in the regular season. But they were also 4-4 four and four in the conference, and they went to the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> State was 4-4 four and four in the conference and went to the Liberty Bowl. Yeah. A little better scheduling, and that team probably finishes in the top 15. That's insane. Secondly, well, this was also before bowls were chosen the way they are now. It's true. It's which true. that affects things a little and, bit. And state fans wanted to go to the Liberty Bowl because uh-huh. it was just an easy trip. And the Liberty Bowl, they wanted, wanted and, then, wanted and it worked state. out for everybody. Yeah. Also, I don't know of a season that that ended well, a, a bowl season, eight wins, that started more poorly than this one did. How much could I have? How much of the Coleman fortune could Coleman Funeral Home be? Haydad Funeral Home had I wagered after the forty-five nothing <laughs> defeat to start the season with Mike in and Tossin not one, not two, not three, three. not four, not five. five, six picks in one game. How much would you have bet that team went to a bowl? I know you're not a gambling man. But. I mean, I left the stadium that night, Thursday night, Thursday night football. Uh, and I was exhausted because it was my first game as a grad assistant, kind of heading up marketing. And uh, but I was also extremely perturbed because I truly believed this team may not win a game. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I knew they would win a game, but gosh, man, what a wretched start to a season! I struggle to remember anything that resembles that. I mean, does anything come to mind for you in your life as a state fan? You think about state, you know, let's just look at this this bowl streak states on. And they, I mean they've basically been 1 and 0 almost all the way through. The two exceptions obviously the the South Alabama game. And in 2013 they got smoked by Oklahoma State. And then they ended up going, you know, 6 and 6 and going to a bowl. They got beat. They, they weren't just boat but it was, raced. That, that game, they couldn't do anything off. I mean, th- yeah. I, mean, I don't want to go too that far down the road of 2013. You knew they weren't going to win the game. But, but this was an embarrassing loss. Yes. I mean, you, Craig Stelts, if Craig Stelts doesn't still send a bouquet of flowers to Mike Henning, he got drafted because he picked off three passes in this game. I saw Mike Henning get sacked watching the NFL draft about a thousand times because they kept showing Glenn Dorsey's highlights over and over and him just engulfing Mike Henning. This game, you know, and from what I remember, State had some success early on running the football with Anthony Dixon in that game, and then they just got away from it. 
And I, all I could think, this was the game, I mean, my relationship with Kroom is well documented. <laughs> but all I could think was, what other head coach would leave a guy out there to throw six picks? Most coaches would just bench the guy at four. And they let him out go out there for six. And he still and still they played every quarterback in this game. They played Josh Riddell and uh and Wesley Carroll in this game. So no red shirting anyway. It was a it, this game was a total train wreck from start to finish. I had if you had told me that State was gonna make a bowl game after this, I would have probably just had you committed. <laughs> I mean it in a long list of the of, of Mississippi State train wrecks over the course of, of, of the Kroon tenure, this one's up there. I mean, it, it's not the it's not the two thousand eight Egg Bowl. It's not Maine. Maybe number three. Is is there is there another one that comes to mind other than those two that you would put on top of, of, of just the the worst of the Kroon era? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the the, the La Tech game the next year to start off to the start season. The season, yeah. Um, the uh, the two lane game. <laughs> we have some options here. The two lane game. Holy in cow! Six. When you think about the Kroom era, when whenever you can put, I guess now that we're doing it, we're putting four and five, maybe more games in that ahead of this one, the one that we're talking about. Yeah, we're, that just shows what a train wreck these five. Years I mean, were. from '04, I would put the main game, and honestly, the Ole Miss game. Ole Miss was terrible that year. State should have beaten them, and then State. State, lo- State turned Ole Miss over five times in that game and lost by 17. That's all you need to know. The, from the 05 ga- season, I mean, they scored 153 points in 11 games. They didn't score more than 20. Uh, they, sold, they scored 30 points twice that year. The first game against Murray State <laughs> and the last game against Ole Miss. Beyond that, they didn't score more than 21 in a game. They were shut out twice <laughs> and held under 10 three more times. I'm sorry, 10 or under four more times. That is some high-dollar offensive ineptitude. The 06 season, um, they didn't score for the first two games. They went 10 quarters, I want to. I think, if I remember correctly, they scored near the end of the first half against Tulane, who they then lost to in a game where the Tulane player, remember, yells, thanks for the check. You know, they're a year removed from Katrina. I forgot to mention the, the Tulane game in 05, by the way, played in Shreveport. The, uh, beating UAB in one of the, I was told, is the darkest game ever played. You couldn't see anything. Um, I, forgot, I forgot the LSU game from Crimp's first year where basically LSU started taking a knee at the end of the first half. Yeah. The Vanderbilt game, they, Vandy was two and nine and beat State thirty-one to thirteen. The UAB game you just mentioned a minute ago—that was at UAB, right? Yeah, yeah, the overtime game. Yeah. yeah, I was at that game. Yeah, with Omar, it Connor. was dark. It was dark. Yeah, and it was like, was it ten-seven? Is that the final? Do you Sixteen have in front of to ten. Sixteen. I do 10. have it in front of me. Yeah. Okay. But then somehow that team beats Alabama at the end of the year. You know, the, the Georgia game from 06, punting from the thirty. Yeah. He punted from the thirty. Not that not that Moorhead didn't do basically the same thing earlier this year. But then the team beats Alabama, and then they lose a, a, a tough game against a good Arkansas team, and then they lose it to Ole Miss, who was terrible. The 05, the 07 year is what it is. And then in 08, yeah, I mean, you lose a terrible game to, to La Tech. We haven't mentioned 3-2 to two yet, have we? 3-2 mm. to two happens. That Georgia Tech game, I will remember till the day I die. Just getting blown out in Atlanta. And then, you know, you lose to Kentucky because you, you miss, what, two extra points? 
And then you have the 2008 Egg Bowl. That's like, I can give you a top, I can give you a legitimate, almost like basically a top 20 losses. He only lost 39 games, but 20 of them are 20 of the worst losses in MSU history. Yeah. When we first started talking about this 2007 season. And yet, he went to a bowl game. And it started with this. Yeah. Yeah, yet this game to start off the 2007 season, as bad as it is, until we started going through them, I didn't. Re- there, there's plenty in front of this. Actually, as, as wretched as this is, there's a lot, lot more. Uh, you know, God is with the the ones that will be uh, freshmen. I <laughs> yeah. guess like this coming year at state. Yeah, they don't even remember this crap. Let's see. If you're 18, you were born in 2002, right? Yeah. So you would have been like four, five or six when this happened. No, you probably don't remember. Not well. I mean, yeah. Well, Crim's first couple of years, you were two and three years old. You don't yeah. remember any of this. You you have grown up in a time where Mississippi State goes to bowl games every year. You have no idea. You 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 could th- those kids couldn't handle what we went through. They could not. <laughs> if if somebody who's like twenty years old, if State went through a stretch like this and didn't fire the coach after, they just fired Moorhead after two years. He went to bowl games in both seasons and beat Ole Miss in both yeah. seasons, and they fired him. Imagine going three and eight, three and eight, and not firing the coach. People's head would explode. The, the the millennial MSU fan would not be able to comprehend. They they would leave. They would just be like, I can't deal with this. I'm going to cheer for Alabama. <laughs> Go cheer for LSU. Something. They'd get out. And I'm not even making that up. That's not even yeah. a hyperbole. I don't think. For me, it's kind of funny thinking back. I didn't really start getting into MSU football till I was probably nine, ten years old. I was a little younger. So I, yeah. I, I was, you know, it's like ninety five. Right around there. So when I first really started paying, to Mississippi State, paying attention to Mississippi State football, you know, it seemed like they were kind of on the on the way up a little bit. And then you have, you know, of course the ninety eight, ninety nine seasons, which they were great. And then mm-hmm. you, you're kind of like going uphill, and then it just craters here with the crew mayor. <laughs> and then of course with Dan, you you, you kind of get the high again a little bit. So uh, my my Mississippi State football lifehood has been i guess the epitome of a roller coaster it kind of started out going up and then got to a pretty high peak playing in atlanta and then cratered and then dan brought it back up and uh you know since joe it kind of feels like it's been on that downhill slide a little bit so maybe leach will fire things forward a little bit here. But, but right now we're still in 2007 so. all right so you know they lose to lsu in just i mean at this point <sighs> state against lsu in this era by the way Starting, you know, State loses by seven in overtime in 2000, right? Here are the, the next, here's the rest of the decade against LSU before Mullen gets here. So the end of Cheryl and Kroon. 42 nothing, 31 13, 41 6, 51 nothing, 37 7. State scored with the second play of the game. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, somebody fell down. I think it was Joey Sanders of all people caught a touch. I, I didn't even see it. My wife, who was uh, pregnant at the time, was she pregnant? Yeah, she was. Had asked me to go down. Get, like, why don't we get the stage? She's like, I am hot. Will you get me a water? So I'm under the stadium getting a water, and I hear the crowd going up. I'm like, right, did we score? There's no way we Jennifer scored. went to a football game. Yeah, back in the day. Wow. Yeah. And uh, th- then I didn't. I didn't see anything else the rest of the game. Basically. <laughs> uh, so anyway, thirty-seven to seven, oh six. 48-17. I know that game was like 31-0 at the half. Jamarcus Russell. Uh, 45-0. The 
The next year was actually close, 34-24. That is the game that gave us Emily Nicole Haydad. I mean, they scored like 50 points in eight games against LSU. They couldn't do anything. Oh. We may not should have done this show. My blood pressure, I could feel it. I could feel my veins <laughs> tightening. So they go down to Tulane the well, next Well, I was going to say, things are about to, to start looking up here the next they three, are. They three are. So it's, they go to Tulane the next week, and I'm, I think they're going to lose, right? Man, they lost to Tulane the year before. What, what, did Kroom have a road win at this point in his career? I guess he had won at Alabama. But other than that... UAB. The one that we just talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. UAB and Alabama. That was in 06. He did not win a road game... His first year or his second year, he won two. So, I mean, he's like two and ten on the road at this Something point. Something like that. No reason to think State's going to win this game, but they do. And they win it relatively easy, 38-17. to 17. So, you know, not bad. But again, I mean, I'm trying to remember what Tulane was at this time. They were four and eight. They weren't good. I mean, they were two I, years removed from Katrina. Yeah, so... It's not like winning that game changed your outlook on the season. Right. So, I mean, it's good to win, but nobody's – you're still haunted by the fact that LSU just boat raced you a week before. So Right. Right. At this point, you're one and one. You're like, well, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to, to – doesn't mean it doesn't make a difference. It's fixing to change, though. It is fixing to change. <laughs> Looking at some of these stats is just incredible to me. They go to Auburn the next week. Now, Auburn... On Lincoln Financial Sports. Back in the day, yeah. Auburn, let's look at our last three games against Auburn in the Croom era. 42, 43-14, 28-0, and 34-0. So you haven't scored on Auburn in two years. There's no reason to think anything's going to happen. I'm going to read something to you now. You are not going to... Of all the stats I'm, we're going to have to go through, this is going to be at the top. Of It's unbelievable that State won this game. The team passing numbers between three quarterbacks, Henning, Riddell, and Carroll all played in this game. They were 5 of 18 for 45 yards. But no picks. That's the difference in this game. Because <laughs> Auburn threw three of them. State drives down on the, on the opening drive and gets a field goal. It's 3 nothing, And I'm thinking, that's a win. We haven't scored in two years on this team. And then, first play from scrimmage, Derek Pegues picks off a pass, it's tipped, and takes him to the end zone, and it's 10 nothing. And my first reaction, which I will never forget, was, what? What just happened? We're, we're, it's 10 nothing, you say? Unbelievable. Pegues, this is the, the thing about this season. How State won at least three games. I'm pretty sure it's at least three. It might be four with a defensive or special teams touchdown. They won this game, the Alabama game, and the Ole Miss game. Mm-hmm. That, you, can't, you can't win games like that, for the most part. You look at State's numbers. This was State's best year offensively under Kroom by a pretty large margin. They scored 279 points. Still not great, right? I mean, talking about 13 games, that's just over 20-something points a game. They gave up 301 now, that's, that's sort of skewed in that they had two games where they gave up 45. This in the, Ar- the RLSU and the Arkansas game. They also gave up 38 to West Virginia. If they don't get those three touchdowns, they go, you know, instead of being 7-5 at the end of the year, they're 3-and-whatever. And, uh, and this is one of the worst teams in school history. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's some. There was some luck at play here. There's a lot. No, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. Say, it's not luck because good teams kind of make their own luck yeah. a little bit. I mean, it, defensively, the the, the 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 points is sort of misleading. This was a pretty good defensive team. They had they had yeah. some talent. This was the most talented defensive team that Kroom had. Anyway, I mean, there's credit to the guys for making the plays, but you can't deny that there was some good fortune that came their way. Just, just out of curiosity, nobody had more than one catch in this game. Five different receivers caught a pass. I'll give you a dollar if you can name three guys that caught a pass in this game. Oh, gosh. <laughs> An extra 50 cents if you can tell me who had the longest catch. Oh. I, I, I'm not even going to. You ready? Yes. I can't wait to do this. The longest catch of the day was Aubrey Bell. No, I would have never. One catch for 16 yards. Would have never. Tony Burks had one catch for 15 yards. Lance Long had one catch for six yards. Coeric Riley had one catch for two yards. And Wesley Carroll had one catch for two yards. Now, I don't remember them throwing a halfback pass or anything. I'm going to assume he caught his own deflection. I, that's the only thing I can imagine. But on the pl- positive side... State rushes the ball, not particularly great either, by the way. Four yards a carry, but they, it's enough. Dixon goes for 29 carries, 103 yards. Ducree has the big game, 10 carries for 63 yards, including the, the, the big plays in the fourth quarter. State's down 14 to uh, 13 going into the fourth. They score with just a little bit of time left, and then they get the, uh, the big play defensively at the end. And they walk out of Jordan-Hare a 19-14 to 14 winner. This is one of the most improbable upsets in MSU history because I don't, I, I'm telling you right now, the players' parents didn't walk in there thinking they were going. I don't know that the team did, but they won. All of a sudden, you go up 10 nothing. everybody's like, wait, we may win this thing. <laughs> I mean, then then, <laughs> then you know, the mindset changes. Then, you know, you, you give up, you, you score a field goal. I, I, was it was it 13 nothing at one point? Let me get the, the scoring up here. But uh, that's not what I want with the game cast. Uh, yeah, it was 13 to nothing. And then Auburn scores two touchdowns in the, f- the second quarter to make it 14-13. And then it's just, you know, it just goes back and forth. Auburn turns the ball over six times in this game. I mean, that's that's the difference in the game. They outgains the MSU by 100. <laughs> I, it really is something. You think about how bad State was offensively last year. And it just doesn't touch some of this stuff. State had 213 yards in this game. Makes you rethink some of the, you know, some yeah. of the people that complained about Joe and said it was the second coming of the Kroom era. Uh-uh. Yeah. It was not even close. Nope. There were a total of 30 first downs in this game between both teams. I mean, think about a game nowadays. That's, 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 really, that's really something. Um, but they get the win. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're 2-1 and one and you're thinking, well, what is this team going to be? Could they, could they sneak into a bowl game somehow? You know, their next game is against Gardner-Webb. I, I don't remember. Gardner-Webb was like a late addition to the schedule or something, I want to say. Like... There was somebody else who they were supposed to play, and they canceled, and so State added Gardner-Webb. I don't remember the specifics, but I'm pretty sure that story is correct. But State had a pick six, pick six in that game as well. Um, and Your memory of all this is impressive, by the way. Did you do some studying before we showed up here today, what, or did, what I did you to, really remember this? I really remember it. You want to know why? Yeah. Because how do you get rid of trauma? <laughs> you know? Some, some stuff I remember, but I did not remember a pick six in the Gardner-Webb game. There was one. I'm, I'm almost positive. I mean, I'm, I believe you. Right, let me get the, uh, the, the game cast up here. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to force you to, to dig to, to prove yourself. I just believe you. DeMond Glanton. There you go. Made it 13 nothing. 
this game was 31-3, and then they scored uh, 15 unanswered to make it look a little bit better than it was. And this was a game where, you know, Josh Riddell comes in, he's the starter for this game, and he actually looks pretty competent. Now, I know he's playing a terrible team, but he's 8 for 11 for a touchdown in this game. State rushes for 215 yards. They might unusual have a catch in this game. Eh, not worth talking about. Jamel Smith had a catch. Give him hell, Jamel. Brandon Hart had a catch. Remember him? Yeah. Oh. I remember a lot of these guys because this was the period of time where I was classmates with a lot of these guys. Oh, yeah. Like I had a lot of like coaching football classes and stuff like that. I had classes I with Big Country Dave Stewart and uh, Oh yeah. Let's see who else. I Omar had a Omar class Connor, with him. Yeah. I think I had a couple. I, I know that these guys weren't on this team. I don't think. I think they graduated the year before. But uh, Quentin Culberson, I think I had a couple with him. Culberson would have been. Culberson was. was he on this team? I think I he was remember. on this team. Okay, he may have. Been. He was at linebacker. I want to say at this point in his career. Maybe I'm. For wrong, some reason, I thought his senior year. Was no, because like, no, you're right. You're right. Because he was recruited by Jackie. You're right. He was gone. Um, you know, in that defensive lineup, there were some stars there. You know, you had Titus Brown. Who was a really good pass rusher at the end after coming in and was a really good linebacker. Obviously, he had uh, Fitzhugh and Pegues there in the secondary. Glanton was a good, you know, third defensive back. Anthony Johnson looked like he was going to be a real star for Mississippi State. Obviously, it didn't yeah. pan out was that this, way. Well, now this is another guy that graduated the year before. I was going to say Delwan, but he Delwan's Del gone he, by he, now. He was, he was Gabe O'Neill is still on this team at this point. Um, you know, they they had a lot of, a lot of talent defensively, and then offensively you had Dixon. And you had Ducree, and they were a pretty good one-two punch. And and they, they just did enough. That, 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 if the, the moral of the story of this year is they just did enough in most games to win. Now they drop the next game to South Carolina. That was a game where they had the lead uh, in that game, at, at I want to say in the third quarter, and it just got away from them. Um, and that was not a really good South Carolina team. I remember watching that game and thinking State had a chance to win. And it, it just got away from I'm trying to find the uh, – I should have had the box scores up. I'm sorry about that. but <sighs> Let's see here. There it is. Is that the right date for that game? Gosh, I, I forgot that season. It started the first weekend. Of, it was still August. It was 8.30 was the game against uh... – Yeah, it was 21-17 with, eight, with nine minutes to go. In the third quarter, and then South Carolina scores twenty-one unanswered, uh, and just got away from MSU at that point. And this is the game. I want to say this is where Josh Riddell gets hurt. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. So Wesley Carroll, yeah, here you go. Yeah, so Riddell gets hurt in this one. He's nine for twenty-one for a touchdown and a pick. State, you know, people think about Croom are like, well, they ran the ball really well. Eh, not really, not really. Um, you know. Looking at, at the stats for this game, State ran the ball 42 times for 140 yards. They ran the ball a lot, but not particularly well. I mean, Decree averaged four and a half for, per carry, and Dixon was at 3.8 yards. But he did have two touchdowns in this game. Let's see who anybody catch. I, I, it's got to be wanting to check the, the guys who caught passes to see if there's any more crazy names. <laughs> Jeremy Jones. Gosh, some of these names. Jason Husband had one catch for zero yards in this game. Another classmate. So, yeah. Jason, if you happen to be a listener, I doubt you are, but... Well, you never know. So they're you know, but they're th- they're what three and two at this point. And you think okay, they're still they're still okay. You know, they could they could still get to six wins because at this point in the year, Alabama I think is rolling. You know, Saban's first year there. When they played LSU, they were ranked in the top fifteen. I want to say, and that was the week before they played Mississippi State. 
State comes back home, beats UAB pretty easily, 30-13. to 13. That was a bad UAB team. Here's something else to think about with all this. Like, I was sitting here scrolling through. We're now, what, four, six games in? Yeah, six games in. Two of them hadn't been televised. That's right. Gardner-Webb was not televised. UAB wasn't televised. Tulane wasn't televised either. CSS. It was on CSS. It was on C- and, and it may have been How a replay. you know that? could have been a replay. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking at it on Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure that game was not televised. You know, CSS, if I remember right, used to show games on tape delay or whatever. It did, but that, that so, would not be the same thing then. But I, I do know that on Wikipedia it says that it was televised on CSS. Okay. But whether that was live or on tape delay, I couldn't tell oh, you. Oh, Earth, this ESPN website is messed up. And then the next week, when we get to Tennessee, is on pay-per-view. <laughs> what a different world we live and this, in. And this is the crazy thing, you know. This was the thing back then when if state had a non-conference game after or had a, a non-televised game after October the 1st, it was always at 1:30. And people were going crazy cuz I mean, at state's 3 and 2, they've got a winning record. Tennessee was was good that year, but you felt like you had a chance to win that game. And people were screaming at Larry Templeton, like, move the game tonight. Let's have a big-time night game. And they wouldn't move it. They would not move the game. So it's played at 1.30, and, it, you know, it was just sort of what it was. Um, I would tell you more about it, but the the game, the box score for this game is messed up for uh, ESPN.com. And I don't know why. Maybe because it was on pay-per-view and they didn't buy it. <laughs> they couldn't tell you what happened. <laughs> it's quite possible. Let me see if I, oh, here we go. Hailstate.com has, has everything I need right here. So, yeah. So, State, yeah. Again, it's 17-14 at the half. Uh, State cuts it to three in middle of the third quarter, and then Tennessee goes on a little bit of a run. They score. Uh, they hit three field goals in the final, you know, fourth quarter plus to take the 33-21 lead. Uh, offensively, you know, again, you know, Wesley Carroll, 18 of 33 in this game. So, I mean, not bad. 203. 18 completions for 203 yards. <laughs> this is something. Two touchdowns. No picks. Doing good there. State couldn't run the ball in this game. Again, Dixon has 100 yards, but it's just not a productive 100 yards. He's averaging four yards a carry. State averages 3.8 for the team. Uh, I want to say there was a big penalty in this game. Let me see if I can find it. That DeMond Glanton knocked, or maybe it was Jasper O'Quinn. There's a name for you right there, Jasper O'Quinn. Uh, <laughs> this is the fun part about this, just hearing some of these names for the first time in yeah. years. Oh, man. So that was, this was the first time I've seen the, the, the tackles. Here we go. I can't wait to run these names off for you. Pegues, Gabe O'Neill, Jamar Chaney, who we did not yeah. mention. Jasper O'Quinn, Jamon Hughes, <laughs> Anthony Johnson, Titus Brown, Marcus Washington, Damon Glanton, Dominique Douglas, Avery Hannibal, uh, Demario Bobo was still on the team. Jesse Bowman, a uh, Kyle Love was on this team. Anthony Littlejohn, a young—I uh, guess he would have been a a freshman, redshirt freshman—by the name of KJ Wright was on this team. He turned out to be okay. Desmond Sherrod had a tackle. Aaron Feld had a tackle. No mustache hey. at the time. Cortez, uh, Cortez McCraney, remember him? Wasn't Feld a long snapper? Yeah, but he had a tackle. I mean, you know. <laughs> Probably on a, on a uh, punt or something. On a punt, yeah. yeah. And then Tim Bailey, U.S. Army. Yeah. So, yeah, those names are incredible. Didn't he have, wasn't it Bailey that had a, didn't he have like a homecoming deal at yeah. Davis Wade? And, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was cool, yeah. But State didn't play poorly in this game. You know, 
you, you left the stadium thinking, okay, we're not that bad. We're not that bad. And then they fall below 500 for the first time since week one. The next week, and they lose to West Virginia, and that was a like I said, that was a fantastic West Virginia football team. They would go on to finish eleven and two on the season. Um, State was really never in that game. It was twenty eight nothing at the end of the first quarter. Patrick White, who uh, we all know uh, for this in this game, was former Dolphin. Former Dolphin, five carries for eighty nine yards. That's not bad. Steve Slayton had twenty three carries for one hundred and twenty seven yards. They only threw the ball twenty times in the game. Um, they were just, they were just really, really good. And state was not. State only ran the ball, uh, <laughs> thirty-three carries <laughs> for forty-five yards. <laughs> now, part of that is because Wesley Carey, Wesley Carroll was obviously sacked a bunch. He had negative twenty-eight yards on the day. Lance Long, I guess, took an end around the wrong way and had negative twelve yards. But even Dixon, only twenty carries for sixty, uh, sixty-one yards. He did have a, a touchdown. But even then, I mean, I think most state fans knew West Virginia was this was the peak of Rich Rod, West Virginia. You know, up there in Morgantown. This uh, this game, I'm sorry, state was not under, under 500. They're four and four at this point. Uh, after this game, they were four and four. Uh, this 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 game pr- produced what is, in my opinion, the best ever post on SixPackSpeak.com, where a guy relives his trip to West Virginia. It is high comedy. It's in the Six Pack Remembers. If you want to check it out. Uh, I laugh every time I read it <laughs> when he compares the tailgating area of, in West Virginia to downtown Mogadishu. They always think that's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, they're four and four, and you think, okay, well, you know, six and six seems maybe doable. But then you've got to go play Kentucky, who is fresh off of beating LSU, the number one team in the nation. Andre Woodson's drawing some Heisman talk, and you think. All right, maybe you know the next three games are at Kentucky, Alabama, Arkansas. All of those are bowl teams. Maybe it's going to come up a little bit short, and then you get what to me, outside of the Alabama is the biggest win of the crew era. This is number two, the Kentucky game. They went up there and handled Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That was a good Kentucky team, and they beat them thirty-one to fourteen. They beat them pretty easily. Um, offensively, they were pretty sharp in this game. Um, you know, they rushed again, it's only 3.9 yards per carry, but Ducree rushes for 119 yards. Dixon rushes for 75, uh, and catches a touchdown pass in this game. Wesley Carroll's 17 of 28, two touchdowns. He doesn't th- turn the ball over. By the way, we talked about earlier, you know, the way this, the season started and how you would think. You know, there's no way that team starts 45 nothing, and there's no, you know, there's no way that team's going to go to a bowl. Not only that, but by the middle of the season, this team's on its third string quarterback, and they still found a way to go to a bowl. So I don't know if this is the luckiest season ever or the best coaching job ever by somebody. It's somewhere in the middle, I guess. Yeah. Not only, yeah, third string quarterback is not just some third string. He's a true guy. freshman. A true freshman, yeah. True freshman. This isn't. You don't have a veteran backup here. This guy is a true freshman, and I, it never, it never made. I, I guess he was just really disillusioned at the end of his, at the end of two thousand eight, with the way that it had gone for him with West Carroll. But how West Carroll didn't walk into Dan Mullen's office day one and be like, "I want a bowl game," All right? I should be your starting quarterback. And I, I'll never understand. He, I, he must have just wanted to leave Mississippi State. And I mean, if that's the case, so, so be it. But 
for me, I, I, I never understood how, like, if I'm mulling, I'd have been like, what do I have to do to get you to stay? Because he would have been better than Tyson Lee. You know, and I, I, I just believe that. So, But defensively, is worse. so what, State blocks a punt in this game? Um, they just they just played so well, and it was crazy because, like I said, Kentucky had all the momentum in the world. They they looked like they would have a chance maybe to win the East. They're six and two at that point. They've just beaten LSU in overtime in one of the, the best games of the year. And State goes up there another eleven thirty kick, you know, Lincoln Financial, and just handles them, handled them from start to finish. Uh, the, the closest the game ever was was seven to seven, and after that, State scores the next. Uh, 24 points. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, yeah. Next, no, they, they uh, went 17 up, points. Yeah, they went up 24-7. Yeah, that's right. and then Kentucky scores to make it 24-14, and then immediately State turns around and gets the long run from Ducree to, to end it, 31-14. to And now they're 5-4, and four, and they have a bye week. And then we get to watch Alabama lose a heartbreaking game to LSU. I want to say they lost in overtime. Let me double-check that. You know, this is Saban's first year, Alabama... Yeah, they lose 41-34. I don't know if it was an overtime or it was just a, a late touchdown for LSU. Alabama at that point in the season is 6-3. and three. But you're thinking, okay, it's still Alabama. You know, State hasn't beaten them since 1990. Or sorry, since 2000. So it's been, you know, six years. They're this com- is before after... This is before, right, Saban and, and, and Bama lose to uh, the non-con game to... Was this, it, that was the next week. It was, was the, the following week, week after they, this. They, they, they okay. lose to State and then they lose to ULM. ULM, there yeah. we go. Yeah. State state put them in a spiral. Now you remember, I remember Saban coming in. You know, Saban at this time is making four million dollars a year. Hey, side note here: Saban's first eight A game the previous April. That was mm-hmm. like the first me- big media event I'd ever covered. Yeah, I, I was kind of intern with WCBI and things at the time, so yeah. we rode over to Tuscaloosa and mm-hmm. covered Nick Saban's first. Eight. One of the first people I ever held a microphone in front of. You know, is Nick Saban was, was Saban and some of the I members. Who remembers that. you? I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> Four, he was making $4 million a year, and I remember that was such a huge deal. I'm like, oh, my God, $4 million a year? What? No, they're paying a coach that? And now, I mean, that's what that's like the starting salary in the SEC West almost. Um, I was at this game. They were at this game. I'm pretty sure sixty-five to 800,000 more MSU fans were at this game. Uh, and it started out not great. There's a, here's what I remember. The mo- this is another typical Kroom kind of moment, right? Wesley Carroll needs to complete. Or he doesn't even need to complete. He just needs to not throw an interception on one pass to break the all-time record for most uh, interception, most attempts without an interception by a true freshman. One thing. How does Kroom not say, look, first play, just check down to whoever and, and get the record, kid? No, his first pass is thrown on third and whatever, and it gets picked off. And I just remember thinking, that is the most typical MSU thing ever. It can't even break the record. Like, all he had to do was spike it, and he breaks the record. <laughs> well, we make the guy to go out there and throw an interception. And just, ugh. So Alabama goes up 9 nothing. Lee Tiffin with three different field goals. State's defense is playing pretty well, but offensively they cannot get anything going. They get a field goal with four minutes to go in the second quarter. Adam Carlson, by the way, who we didn't, we haven't really talked about. What happens at the end of the season makes Adam Carlson a hero for all of his career, but for the most of his career, he was a very unreliable kicker, and I, I feel like I'm being nice. Well, I mean, in his defense, he wasn't the first, nor has he been the last to be unreliable. Current Mississippi State fans should consider themselves pretty because Jace Chrisman's been pretty dang yeah. solid. 
I mean, you you can. This was a time for MSU where basically, from the time Scott Westerfield left, State was did not have great kicking, great placing. John Michael Marlin, um, you know, going into uh, to who am I? To Carlson, you know, and even you know D. Pasquale and, and Sean Broccoli were okay. Yeah. But and then you, then know, you get into like Evan Sobis was pretty good. Was pretty good. Devin Bell was not great. Uh, Weston Graves had a good year, and then he got hurt, and he had and a he bad got, year. Yeah. It, was, it was just inconsistent. And it, what's funny is before that, State had, had really good kicking for most of the you know Westerfield. Brian Hazelwood is obviously remembered for that uh, that Arkansas, Arkansas field goal, but yeah. he, I mean his percentage is not great. It's really something. It's one of those things where he had a, such a big moment that it's it's sort of like Adam Carlson. He had the big moment, and that sort of overshadows. But before that, guys like you know Tim Rogers and Brent Smith and. and Jackie always had good kickers, so so it's nine to three. Alabama gets the ball, and they drive all the way down to the MSU, what like the three or four yard line. Starting to get goosebumps, and they don't. Oh, get, man. they don't get there on first down, and they don't get there on second down, and they don't get there on. Th- it was fourth and goal, right? I can't remember what down it was. I I just remember that when Johnson. Well, let's 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 hold off there. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I get goosebumps. Man, thinking it back, third, put, it's third and goal. Putting myself back in that moment, it is, it is one of my favorite sports moments of all time. I can't help but wonder why. You know, Nick Saban of all people, he's got four tight ends on the field. How are you not just going to run the football here? Honestly, if they if they don't if they don't do what they do and they just kick the field goal and it's twelve to three, they're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. And then. They roll out, old John Parker Wilson, Bama bangs are flowing in the in the in the air, and the, somehow, you know, you've heard me talk in the past about the 2012 Egg Bowl, and like when they were on the chalkboard and they're like, okay, so on this play, Nico, you're going to be covering Dante Moncrief one on one. Somebody's got to raise their hand and say, no, 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 that's not what we're going to do. Same thing here. They're drawing up this plan like we're going to leave Titus Brown unblocked. No, 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 no. That's not what we're going to do. But instead, John Parker Wilson roll, rolls out, and as soon as he turns his head, Tys, Titus Brown is right there. Yep. Forces a terrible throw, and Anthony Johnson does the rest. 100 yards yeah. all the way the other way. The place was shaking. It was so loud. I don't care that they've enclosed it It's since. never been loud. It's never been loud. The only time it's close, and maybe it's just because for this particular interception, I was sitting in the over under the overhang on the uh, on the west side. Banks. Banks is picked, and the noise gets trapped underneath yeah, there. The ba- but the Banks Tebow. Yeah, pick, yeah, but this pick I'm on about the 45 on the I'm on the uh, east side. Yeah, and I'm telling you that place was shaking loud. I've been to Tiger Stadium. I've been to Bryant Denny. I've been to Jordan Hare. I've been to them all. And that place, the right that that moment was as loud as anything I've ever ever been a part. Yeah, of. and and it was one of the especially when he got to about the 30 and you realized he is gone. That's the other thing with Alabama in this formation. They've got nobody who can run him down. And look, where marketing was at the time, we were kind of standing on the east side, kind of in that corner by that, that the end zone where Johnson had the pick. And, man, when he caught it, I'll never forget, like, as soon as he caught it, my eyes just look up to see who's in front. And all I see, it's, it's another reason why it's one of my favorite moments, I just look up and, and I see nothing but the end zone. So I know that he sees nothing but the end zone. And right. I'm like, holy cow, he's going all the way. And, of course, he did. And he gets in the end zone, and th- this was the final play of the half, correct? When, I mean, they went to the locker room after this. Well, I mean, you had to kick the extra point, but wasn't this the final play of a half? 
No. Or did they have to kick off? I can't remember. I got, that. I got it right here. There were four seconds left when he scored. Okay. So stay with a kick off, and that's it. Yeah. But anyway, you go into the locker room on that high, and, and you do go into the locker room with a lead against Alabama, you know. You know you're going to come out in the second half and got a chance to win the, win the game. Um, yeah, th- th- this was just, for me, sitting there wearing the maroon and white on the sideline, being in school at the time and GA at the time, and as much as state football and Mississippi State had always kind of meant to me, this was just one of those really cool moments that I'll always remember. And so it was one of the, I, I guess, if you had to draw up a, a top five moments of the Croom era, this this one's up there. Um, something I'll never forget. Uh, this is the number one moment of the Croom era. There's, there's no question about it. This is a top maybe ten moment in MSU history, football history. Um, it completely turned the season. This is where the season becomes something different, where you know, you've know you beaten Alabama two years in a row. You've beaten Nick Saban. I mean, it becomes special at, yeah, this, point. at this point. And, and, and for, for all you want to say about Croom and, and for all you want to – bash on the crew mayor it's easy to do that in hindsight in the middle of it y'all know me i, I sat here and told y'all all through the joe moorhead era too i was rooting for joe moorhead because mm-hmm. joe moorhead's a good guy well sylvester croom really was a good guy and it's really easy in my book to pull for really good dudes and this was one of those moments where i thought this thing might work mm-hmm. and I, I know that it was a pick six and you know if, if john parker wilson doesn't have a a moment here where he makes a bad decision or has a bad throw, whatever. Maybe it doesn't even happen, but this is one of those moments where you finally start to, in your mind, draw up scenario to where, man, they could win this game. You can go to a bowl game. Kroom finally gets some momentum going. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is where it starts to click for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, this, and then, of course, that Egg Bowl, too, which we'll get to in a minute, Yeah, the, the, these were moments for me that I was like, yes, this is finally going to work with Kroom. And Because and I, I, not only was I rooting for Mississippi State, I was rooting for Sylvester Kroon, too. And this was one of those cool moments for for his career in that you kind of thought this might work. It might work. State comes out of the locker room, and on the first drive for Alabama, they got the ball first. And that was the other thing, too, that people forget, is Alabama's going to get the ball first. They're about to go up at least 12-3 to and get the ball. Instead, it's 10-9. to And then on third and eight, Derek Pegues picks off a pass to give MSU the ball at the Alabama 25-yard line. It turns into an Anthony Dixon, Dixon touchdown run. Now it's 17-9. to Alabama wouldn't do anything else for the rest of the game except get another field goal. Neither would State, for that matter. But State was able to run the football effectively and run the clock. And uh, there's always that, that – uh, there's two there's two plays that stand out. One, uh, I think both of them are available on YouTube if you want to find them, is Dixon getting a first down on like third and something and Nick Saban absolutely losing his mind. And that that's where Nick Saban – it really clicks for him. It's like, I don't have any players that play to the standard I need. And that's why you saw the next year, they, turned, they went out and... they. You go back and look at that 08 team and look at how many young guys they played because the other guys just weren't worth it. And then there's the long... It's third and... Let me see if I can find it here. Um, it's third and long. They give the ball to Ducree on that little patented... I called it the Ducree draw. It was the touchdown run against Auburn. Uh, it, it was just a little sprint draw. And... He got the first down. I'm seeing. I'm trying to see if I can find. Yeah, it's uh, third and ten at the Alabama 45. He rushes for 11 yards to get the touch to get a uh, a first down and allow State to run about 
three more minutes off the clock. So it was a six. The final drive of the game. This is the most croom drive you'll ever hear. Alabama has scored right. They make it seventeen to twelve. State's drive is eleven plays for thirty-eight yards, <laughs> six minutes off the clock, <laughs> and ends with a punt from the Alabama thirty-four. <laughs> Which I went can't into, help but laugh at that. Which went into the end zone. <laughs> so you net fourteen net yards. fourteen yards. We haven't talked about Blake McAdams, and I think the best, the less said about Blake McAdams, the better. This is the. I'm going to read the drive. They they killed six minutes on this drive. First and ten, loss of ru, get Dixon rush loss of one. Second and eleven, Wesley Carroll pass complete to Desmond Sherrod for a gain of ten. Third and one, Dixon rushes six yards for a first down. First and 10, Dixon rushes nine yards. Second and one, Dixon rushes three yards. First down, MSU. First and 10, Dixon rushes two yards. Second and eight, Dixon rushes for loss of two yards. So now it's third and 10. Third and 10, Christian Ducree rushes for 11 yards. First down. Ducree rushed for two yards. Timeout, Alabama. Uh, Ducree rushed for a loss of one. Ducree rushed for a loss of one. Fourth and 10. State tries to get a delay of game penalty, but Alabama declines it, and then from the 34, McAdam punts it into the end zone. Somehow they took six minutes off the clock. 11 plays, 38 yards. That's incredible. <laughs> Alabama gets the ball back uh, with uh, just 38 seconds to go. They complete a pass, and they get a long run, but then uh, Titus Brown sacks uh, John Parker Wilson, and the game ends. 17-12, Mississippi State. State's bowl eligible now for the first time since uh, 2000. And you're, you, what you said is sort of true. This was the moment where people started to believe that it might work with Sylvester Crew. Mm-hmm. And and I, I mean, I think I'm not alone in the fact that a lot of folks want good folks to succeed. And, and I think Croom proved over the course of his time here. Now, was he stubborn? Yeah. Was he hard-headed? Yeah. But I don't think there was ever any doubt that Croom wanted to do things. And I, I know it's tough to do things the, and I'm doing air quotes, the right way in college sports. Just is. You know, coaches a lot of times that try and do things the right way, they end up fired pretty quickly. But I, I think that for as much as any college football coach could, Croom was trying to do things the right way. And, hey, it ended up not working. <laughs> but here was a moment that we could all kind of rally behind the man a little bit and think it could work. It's looking like it's working. And it would all go to crap a year later. But yeah, it would, but, but it is for here. The next weekend, State plays one of the most improbable games of, of the of the Croom era. State loses to Arkansas 45-31 in Little Rock. I was not at this game. I went to Oxford on this day. I went to see Ole Miss uh, play LSU. Um, had free tickets and wasn't going to go to Little Rock. I say it was improbable because I want to read Wesley Carroll's stat line to you. Carroll was 29 of 51 for 421 yards and four touchdowns in this game. You would think that's a winning stat line, except for the fact that he threw four picks. And somehow, with him doing all this, State still couldn't run the football. 31 carries for 80 yards. Dixon had 17 for 40. uh, Ducree, 7 for 20. Jamel Smith has 10 catches for 208 yards in this game and two touchdowns. Jamel Smith does that. The best, one of the best games by a receiver in school history. In school history. But four turnovers kills MSU. State doesn't play terribly defensively. They only give up. State outgains. Hold on, let me get the number here. 
State outgains uh, Arkansas 501 yards. I think this is this has got to be the only 500 yard game in, in MSU history under Croom to 429. They held Arkansas. I mean, 206 yards rushing with that Arkansas team with McFadden and Felix uh, Jones and Peyton Hillis is not bad. They held McFadden to 28 carries for 88 yards. Not terrible. And uh, Alabama Arkansas quarterback. Are you ready? Remember his name? Was it, was it Matt Jones? No. no. Casey Dick was 14 <laughs> of 17. He threw four touchdowns. Was Matt, Matt Jones before He's gone this? By then, yeah. 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 No interceptions for, for Casey Dick. Um, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, how close did State get in this game? The closest they got was, well, they were up seven to seven to nothing, and then Arkansas pushes it out. They got it up to by as much thirty one to ten. State was just never really in the game. It was the the final touchdown came with five minutes to go to make it forty five thirty one. What a weird game. How does Wesley Carroll? I mean, how does Kroom draw up this offense? If they don't turn the ball over, they probably win pretty easily. Just, just an out, the most one of the most out of the blue games ever for MSU. Four hundred and twenty nine yards passing. That's a top ten performance at MSU. I'm pretty sure, or at least I know it was at the time. It might have been at that time. You know, Tate still had the record at four sixty six. That might have been good for like third. Well, I'm just thinking about sense. I mean, who? Dak had a couple. Dak, of, Dak had a, had the big game at Arkansas. Yeah, he had another four hundred yard game in there. Somewhere. They had the the Sam, but I don't Sanford, know. Sanford, Nick Fitzgerald had a bunch of passing yards in that game. Of course, that was the Peter Sermon. I, let's not talk. About, I don't want to disaster. I can only. I feel like you can only deal with so much. I'm gonna use one, one, of my, one game. I'm gonna use one of my words. I'm gonna quote Smokey in the band here. I go one shit at a time. <laughs> I can't deal with crew and Sermon at once. I just can't. Um, but anyway. Now you're six and five. You're going to finish the season at home against a bad Ole Miss team, and they are not good. They are three and eight coming into this game. They haven't won a conference game all year. Football. Ed Orgeron is the coach. We're going to talk about something about this game about Ed Orgeron in a minute. And every, I mean, all you're thinking is, all right, State's going to win this game. It's going to be nice, and they're going to go to a bowl game. And what happens is, Ole Miss dominates the first three and a half quarters, basically. Mm-hmm. Four, they, they, State could not do anything offensively, anything offensively in this game, um, to a point where they brought Mike Henning off the bench to try to get a spark. Um, in this game, I mean, and <laughs> Brent Schaefer is ten for thirty in this game. For God's sakes, the quarterback play in this game set the set the football back a decade. Carroll was 13 of 28 with a touchdown and a pick. Uh, the touchdown's late. Henning was two for six. He did throw a long pass. I think that was caught by uh Yeah, by, by Anthony Dixon. Wasn't this game on a Friday, by the way? I think that's right. Yeah, they played they played on Friday for like three years. Yeah, it seems like 06, it. 07, 08 was were on Fridays. Anthony Dixon in this game has hundred yards receiving. Can't he can't get anything going on the ground. State State was terrible on the ground this game. 25 carries for 81 yards. The long rush play of the day was a, an end around to Jamel Smith. But Dixon catches 101 yards in, in the air and the touchdown. But it's 14 nothing with, what, six minutes to go? I'm sorry. Not much to go. Yeah, eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then you get the short pass from Dixon. And then you get the sequence that everybody remembers. Derek Pegues. Derek Pegues. Derek Pegues in the open field. 
takes it 75 yards on maybe one of the worst punts you'll ever see, by the way. I mean, did we even go go through the fourth and short here? That's what I want to get back to. Which is probably this to is me, one that, of the, the two dumbest coaching decisions I've ever seen with uh, Mike Martin at Florida State leaving Drew Parrish in to pitch to Mack and me. That, that's up so, there, too. So here's what it is. Let me see if I can find the exact moment. Ole Miss is up 14 to nothing Yeah. in the fourth quarter. Where is it here? Not there. Oh, here, that's why I was looking in the third quarter. Okay. Ole Miss is up 14-0. They take the ball over on their, on their own 40-yard line with 12 minutes to go. They run the ball three times and don't get much. So it's third and five at the Ole Miss 45. State has literally done nothing offensively this entire game. This play is the crossroads of Ed Orgeron's coaching career. If Orgeron punts this football, they probably win the game, and I'm not 100% that he gets fired. He probably still does get fired because they knew they were going to be able to get Houston nut, and at that time that was the smart move. And I, I, you can't blame him for that. Mm-hmm. But maybe not. Instead, he decides to – third and five, we're just going to run it up the middle. I mean, how different is college football nowadays? Nowadays, third and one, nobody's running up the middle. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he gets stuffed in the backfield. Kyle Love blows the play up, and State gets the ball, and then immediately they score, and then Ole Miss punts. Now, here's something a lot of people don't remember. is you know State scores. They make it 14-7. to They give the ball back to Ole Miss, who can't do anything with it. They go three and out. They punt it right back, and you think, okay, about to happen. Instead, State puts together a pretty nice little drive down to the Ole Miss 12, and then Wesley Carroll throws up interception. And that's where you're thinking, it's, it's over. Who intercepted the pass? Can you can you remember? No, Ashley Palmer. I remember well, that. I, I'd have never guessed that. Yeah. And this was an interesting drive because Carroll is pretty good on it. Carroll completed Dixon for 11 yards. Ole Miss uh, personal foul. Is that Ole Miss? No, there's a personal foul in state. They pushed him back. But then uh, second down, pass to Jamel Smith, 31-yard completion down to the Ole Miss 26. Pass complete to Dixon for three yards. Rush, Carroll rushes for six yards to the Ole Miss 17. Complete to Lance Long to five down to the Ole Miss 12. So first and 10 at the Ole Miss 12, and he throws a pick uh, to Ashley Palmer. And you're thinking, okay, it's over. But give State credit that once again, they, they, they force a three and out, and then Pegues happens. And then Ole Miss, again, uh, Gets the ball back. Can't do anything. Another another thir- three and out. Big big play in this this sequence is this. Almost gets a delay of game. Yeah. Makes it instead of third and six, it's third and eleven. And what happens on this play is Shea Hodge is nearly murdered on the field by Jamar Cheney on that third and eleven. And you can there again that is available on YouTube. If you ever want to watch an Ole Miss player get lit up with a hit, that will almost certainly be called targeting today and gotten Jamar Cheney at thrown out of the game. Although I think he hits him clean. He hits him with the shoulder, but the way it looks and the way Shea Hodge is literally, he takes he twitches on the field, they would have definitely thrown Cheney out of the game. <laughs> and so State gets the ball back at, the, uh, at their own 35. Carroll throws a complete pass to Dixon for gain of six. State calls timeout with 36 seconds to go. Carroll runs for 11 yards in the first down. Then a 17-yard completion down to the Ole Miss 31. So it's first and 10 at 31 with 12 seconds left. Does State have a timeout left? This is this is what I want to know. I, I don't I don't know if they do or not. One, two. 
if I'm looking at this right, and I want to think that I am, State has a lot of time out left. So what's what's about to happen here makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) There's 12 seconds left. You're at the 31 with a not great kicker. And they just send him out there for a 48-yard field goal on second down. I'll never understand that as long as I live, but it worked out. And so Carlson hits the field goal, 17-14. And that's how it goes. And the emotional croom in the aftermath of this one game of the, was one of the greatest greatest MSU moments yeah. you'll ever have. And that was a moment where... If Tears you, in his eyes. If you weren't bought into croom at that point, you just were never going to. And you were smart. <laughs> you were smart not to, but at the same time, at that point, if you weren't like, I, 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 I want to I see this guy succeed, Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, crying on the field, carries the flag. And like stakes it in the ground. I mean, it's incredible, which, you know, nowadays yeah. it'll, that'll start a fight. And State wins 17-14, to 14, a game that they had no business winning this game. They had no business winning this game. If Orgeron punts the ball on 4th and 1, State loses this game. And they still go to a bowl at 6-6, six and six, but what a bitter pill to go to the bowl after losing the Egg Bowl like that to a really bad Ole Miss team. Yeah. It, it, it has always and it will forever sour any Mississippi State postseason to lose to Ole Miss before the bowl game. And... Thanks to Derek Pegues, thanks to uh, Ed Orgeron and his, at this time, ignorance. I think he has matured greatly since, but uh, he did a lot of dumb things as the head coach at Ole Miss, and and this was obviously his dumbest of them all. Uh, thanks to all those factors, State pulled it out, and and you're sitting here with a, a pretty doggone memorable year. Yeah, I mean, I know that the Croom era takes a lot of crap as it should, but 2007, you know, it had its it had its yuck moments, including the LSU game we've already discussed and everything else. But it is a year that I will I'll, I'll always remember. It had so many cool, really cool moments too. Yeah, and this was. I mean, you think about beating Kentucky up there. It was a good Kentucky team. Uh, the Auburn game, the Ole Miss game, and the Alabama game. You've got four wins there. That are memorable, yeah. by any standard, yeah. You know, and honestly, maybe the only four memorable wins of the Croom era, other than you know, beating Ole Miss his second year. I mean, that's look at the teams that Croom had beaten. You know, obviously the Florida game, I guess, would be one. But I mean, his his wins were not impressive. No, you know, Tulane, a bad Kentucky team in 05, along with the Florida win, obviously. 05, he beats Murray State, a bad Tulane team, and Ole Miss. 2006, I mean, he beats UAB 3 and 9, Division 1 AA, uh, Jacksonville State. But then he finds a way to beat. He had a game every year that you're like, okay, yeah. And then the Alabama game. And then 07, he was good. And then 08, I mean, the best win is against an Arkansas team that finished 5 and 7. So 08 was like the one year where you didn't have a win that made you go, okay, maybe they're not that bad. The bowl game is maybe the most boring football game. Oh, it was ever terrible. It was terrible. So, so bad. Went to it. This I was, was this drunk. was also the drunk that day. This was also my uh, La Terraza night that we talked about on the rumblings. Not La Terraza. I keep throwing in the Starful Mexican the 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 expensive restaurant Texas Day Texas Brazil. Day Brazil. Oh, Thank yeah, yeah, yeah. You. This was Texas Day Brazil night yeah. too. So not only did I watch a boring football game, although State did win, so that yeah. helped. Uh spent a lot of money on supper that night. Eight and five. Croom's named SEC Coach of the Year. The band spells out Croom at halftime of the Liberty Bowl, which is an all-time thing. 
And I just remember going into the next season, you know, it was sort of a postscript here. State brought back a ton of guys. Mm-hmm. You, know, you still you brought back Carroll and Dixon. You brought back most of the offensive line, or at least you thought you did, you know, because Michael Brown was going to end up being gone. Defensively, you bring him back Cheney. You bring him back Anthony Johnson, Pegues, Fitzhugh. You bring him back a ton of guys. You're like, I remember, I remember looking at the 08 schedule and thinking, I mean, I'll, I'll just go over it right now. I thought, okay, they can beat La Tech in Southeast Louisiana. I didn't know what Georgia Tech was. I thought they could probably win that game. They can beat Vandy. They can beat Tennessee. Tennessee's not great. They can beat Middle Tennessee. They can beat Kentucky. And they can beat Ole Miss. I had them going like 8-4. and four. And it was the opposite. It was they were 4-8 and eight and everything just fell apart. And then it, it ended that, that day in Oxford. Yeah. Well, it started falling apart before the first game even was played. Yeah. Yeah. That, that we could do a whole deep dive onto that one game. Yeah. But it is what it is. But 07 was... It was something. We'll just say that. That's all we can say about that. <laughs> you know, it, there, there was a lot to like that year, and there was a lot that made you scratch your head, but at the end of it, State ended up in a bowl game. <laughs> and that's, I guess that's all that... I guess at the end of the day, going to a bowl game is all that matters. So. Hey, and that... Yeah. I'll, I mean, I, I can, honestly, we'll never can forget Kroom the come year. back? Can there be a, an ovation for Sylvester Croom? I'd clap for him. I'm not asking about you, though. You, you'd clap for just about anybody because sure. you're, just, you're just too dang nice. Well, I mean, look. I mean, if, they, if, 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 if in 2027, the 20-year anniversary of this team, <laughs> they bring everybody back and Croom comes out there, is he, is he getting a, a, a loud ovation or is it just going to be polite applause? I mean, I don't know. They're not shaking the rafters like they did for Johnson's pick right. in, in 07, but I, I think he gets a good round of applause. Okay. okay. I mean, he's not getting booed and, like, crap thrown at him or anything. I was saying croom. I wasn't saying boo. I was saying croom. <laughs> was I? I don't know. All right. I mean, I know that you and I probably view it, view it differently. Um, Took years off my life. Well, I mean, it was not fun for, for me either, but... Maybe it's just because I respect the man that Kroom is. And so I, I root for him from that aspect. It didn't work out. It's kind of like the Bart Simpson gif, you know, with the the, the birthday cake or yeah, whatever. At, at least, least you, you tried. tried. Um, but, it, I mean, he, he I, I will forever wonder what would happen if he would have, you know, chunked Woody McCorvey out and did something different at O coordinator. There was always a talk about that at the end of the 08 season that he was going to bring in a new offensive coordinator. It was Al Borges was the name that was getting thrown around. And you know, he was going to do some things differently and but and and I I've said this a million times. I honestly think if Houston Nutt could go back in time and win that Egg Bowl 21 to 14 somehow, he would do it. Cuz the way they beat MSU made it it was impossible to keep him. Yeah. At that point. You know, you just you, 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 with the way Ole Miss had turned around so quickly and we had fallen apart so quickly, there was just no no way to keep Kroon. And if, it, losing 45 nothing forced Burns' hand, and he had to fire Kroon. And that's just the way that that is. And it, it obviously was the right move, and it worked out for Mississippi State, and they've been, you know, they, never, they haven't looked back since that day. But In hindsight, really, that Egg Bowl, I mean, nobody, we had this conversation last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that losing the Egg Bowl, you should never root for that. I don't mm-hmm. think right. in any stretch of the imagination on either side. Right. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you should never root for State to beat you. If you're a State fan, you never root for Ole Miss to beat you. Right. But I do think that Ole Miss skull dragging Mississippi State in 08 was the best thing that ever happened. To this I, I have program. said before, it's one of the biggest wins in MSU history. Yeah. You know, it worked out. Um, and with Croom, you know, I always 
if Kroom could have been successful, it might have set MSU up to have a dynasty kind of situation. Like the state could have been, if Kroom had just been a little bit wiser about what he wanted to do offensively, if he had come in from day one and put in an offense that, that played to the strengths of Omar Connor and Jarius Norwood in 04. Yeah, if, if they had had Dan Mullen's offense. Yeah. <laughs> if he had done that from day one and been successful, he could have been I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm exaggerating. He, he could have put MSU in a situation to sort of become a little bit of what Clemson has become, because I think being the first African American coach had a lot of weight nationally, and the media would have wanted him to succeed. But he was just so bad and so hard headed, and he ran an offense that had no. He ran an offense that is designed to be run by players who practice from sun up to sundown six days a week. And you just can't do that in, the, in college football. If he, it, it, I, I've often thought about this. I've often thought, you know, in 04, you probably couldn't, like I said, you couldn't have gotten Urban Meyer because he's a year away from going to Florida. But you could have gotten Mullen then. Now, he would have been really young. He would have been like 34, 35 years old, I guess. But if you'd hired Mullen in, 0, in 04 with Connor and Norwood, you're going to a bowl game. No question about it in my mind. I mean, the only question then is, is Mullen in 04 – the same Mullen that you got in 08. And honestly, you might have gotten a better version of Mullen in, in 04 because he would have been younger and hungrier. You know? Because he wouldn't have had the success at Florida yet. You know? Maybe. That's just something. That's just some food for thought. I wanted Kroom to succeed. It just didn't work out. So, it is what it is. All right, guys. But for one glorious year. It, it, was, it was good. Times were good. Maroon <laughs> was indeed all that mattered that year. All right, guys. Great deep dive here with Joel Coleman. I really appreciate his time. He is a good man. Don't ever let anybody tell you different, especially Robbie Falk, who might try to tell you different. I don't know why I brought that up. I'm just saying. I mean, Robbie owes me. What does he owe you? I mean, you want to go collect he, right now? He owes me. He, he owes me lots because I've I've been patient with him throughout the years and <laughs> all these road trips and killing roaches at 4 a.m. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I could tell you all kinds of stories where where Robbie Falk owes me, but yeah. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again on Sunday afternoon. We'll start the uh, Sweet 16 of the uh, Greatest Bulldog bracket. We'll also catch up a little. We got a little recruiting news we didn't get to on this show, both basketball and football. We'll talk about that on Sunday's show as well. Have a great weekend for Joel T. Coleman. There's only one word that matters, and that that word is woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.